How's it going? How's your week going? How was Philly RB with the remote talk? It was better than I expected. Really? Well, not not in the sense of the talk, but uh, more of uh, technical difficulties. Uh, so we lost connection twice, but bef- I think once during Matt's once it froze during Matt's talk, and then during the lightning talks, it uh, it uh, disconnected. Um, Matt Schaefer's in Japan, right? He is in Japan. Uh, but the, the one thing that kept happening is like he would be like, Turing incomplete is awesome. And then, but the incomplete would go out. So you would kind of have to piece together what he's, he said. Turing is uh, awesome. Yeah. But the cool thing is he was mostly using keywords from his slides. Like he has a few bullet points, uh, but you could kind of sense or get a, a feel for what he was saying from the, the slide. So. Sorry, uh, complete might be on the slide, and then you'd be like, oh, that's, that's definitely what he said. He said the word complete there. Um, so not perfect. Not perfect, but not as scary as, not as bad as you might think. So I, I watched uh, some of it last night. Um, last night was when the talk was, and then I was laying in bed. Uh, I watched some of your drone talk, and then I skipped ahead to Matt's talk. Um and it seemed like from the reactions in the room of the venue, as at PromptWorks, um, that it was an issue on the internet on, on your end, not on Matt's end. Like, um, like things would be cutting out when, when you were talking or, or people in the audience were talking. But I could hear Matt perfectly clear and like Hangouts like recorded uh, or YouTube or whatever, Google. Uh, recorded Matt's voice and screen perfectly, but it seemed like PromptWorks, uh, like the Wi-Fi connection to the venue was was more the flaky part. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, someone did message me though that lived in Japan, uh, called in every day for stand-up. Uh, thought it was don't worry about it. The internet's great, uh, but they use Skype. Uh, so I don't know if Skype has some magical powers or, or um, <laughs> you know, or the internet was just better back then. So I think uh, so. Uh, I, I guess I could say this. Uh, so Matt uh, and I, more so, this came out of Matt. Uh, he like after us planning this, he thinks that it'd be good to do a remote meetup where everyone has their own bandwidth and stuff. Um, and there's there are platforms that allow you to do like a remote uh, conference type meetup that I think will work well. I used one earlier this year that I was really impressed with. I'll have to get the name again. I'd be interested in that. It's just, it seems like um, for me, like I I have a really hard time setting aside time for, like to schedule something that I am not um, if I'm just attending something virtually I put very little weight into actually scheduling it. Like everything else is a priority. <laughs> Like whether, yeah. I'm, whether I'm doing something for work or I just like if it's like a meetup at night, like on the East Coast, um, I would just prioritize like watching TV or or playing a game or or whatever. Assuming that um, daughter's already asleep. Um, like last night, the meetup, like I knew it was being recorded, knew I could watch it any time, so I I didn't even bother like trying to watch it when it was actually live. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the idea of like remote meetups and the and the like like Matt was saying before his talk about how. Um, Trying to like maintain that sense of community while while you're working remotely, like like really remotely for him. <laughs> um, 
I would I would like to be able to do that, but I don't know if like maybe we shouldn't be trying to replicate what we do in person, um, you know, remotely. Like like maybe yeah. like like I don't I don't know. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to get at? I, I kind of get what you're saying. You know, when you when you go to a meetup, you're not only going for the talk, but you're going to be in person and you know have some human connection. If you're trying to replicate that, it might be tough. Or do you just want to publish a talk? Maybe like publish then... a talk, but like like well, Slack comes to mind, right? Like one nice thing about um, all these local Slack communities popping up, like there are, there are two kinds. Like there are like local communities, like Philly Dev, and then there are like uh, communities based around some other topic or technology um like there's like an ember slack and a go slack and an elixir slack um there's a hang hang ops that i'm that i hang out in sometimes um like there's all these different like chat rooms that you could also just kind of like hang out and participate in and then like like interesting conversations pop up in there sometimes um like that seems like uh a good alternative for somebody working remotely to maintain a you know social sort of relationship mm-hmm. with people in the community like i talk to people on philly dev all the time even though i don't ever see them um that's true the one thing about a remote meetup uh that i would think would be good is the you get many speakers or you don't have to only pick from close by or like who can schedule because you can work around someone's schedule like they yeah, don't have to true. travel or something. True, true. It has the same benefits of uh, hiring remotely. Like you'd have yeah. a much larger pool of people to to pull uh, topics from. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, it's interesting. Was, the funny thing is, I realized like uh, right right when I was about to give that lightning talk that it was recorded, it was being recorded. And I was like, oh man, I can't show any <laughs> any of this stuff. So I had to like divert from my my strategy of what i was going to show and just talk oh, you about had, you had private stuff from work in your slide yeah you were okay showing yeah. to like people that were in person but you didn't want to record it yeah because they they can like you know remember certain things or, <laughs> uh, so i was like oh crap um my email lightning talk was pretty good too um, learned about puny code puny code uh, yeah what's that uh, I think it's represented in 7-bit ASCII. Uh, it's what, I think DNS speaks this, so like everything gets converted to 7-bit ASCII and, or Punicode and, uh, and then that's how like DNS figures out the, the fancy domain names and stuff. Oh, uh, uh, is that why like, um, I think I might even bought, you know how like there's those websites where you can put in a word and it will return the word to you upside down with some crazy Crazy letters. You ever seen that? No, but I can't imagine. Like, they're a bunch of like Unicode letters, like like J, for instance. If you flip a J over, it's like like a P without the bottom of the circle, right? Uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So there are like Unicode letters that kind of look like upside down other letters, and then there are websites where you can type in a word and get back your know, upside down word back. So I had bought, I think, uh, JustinUpsideDown.com or something. Uh, yeah, but the so actual that's a... but the actual domain name was like x dash a bunch of letters dot com. Yeah, that's that's what happens. So how do you explain that? So on the Wikipedia page, uh, Munich is the example, uh, and it's uh, represented as m n c h e n dash three y a. Nice. So yeah, lots of new faces too. Cool, which is interesting. What's up with you? How's your week going? Uh, it's 
good. I had to mail some invites for the barbecue today, and I'm always nervous about going to the post office because I feel like writing something down on paper and handing it to somebody is like the most error-prone process. <laughs> um, I but the mail, the mail process works, though. Like, I mean, like, yeah, like, it, like, it surprisingly, like, it always gets where it needs to go. Like, they have very low, I guess, error rates or failures, failure rates. But still, like, putting a bunch of postcards through a slot where mm-hmm. on the other side is just like an open room with a bin, and I'm hoping that they actually fall into the bin. Yeah, <laughs> not, not like the trash can next to it or something. There's not, there's not a fan that just like slowly turns your way. It just seems like things can go wrong at every point, and they rarely do. But, um, yeah. I want to talk to Len about CrossFit. I'm uh, sad he's not on. I had to do. You could talk to me about CrossFit. Well, today's Wednesday, and Monday I had to do uh, 50 sit-ups three times. So sit-up is like a full, you know, sit all the way up, touch the floor by your by your feet, and then go back down. Oh wow! My uh, my stomach hurts. Like my abs hurt. Like I've never. I don't think I've ever actually had like an ab workout before in my life. I've never had soreness from one at least. Have you noticed any changes in your body, or? Uh, yeah, I'm really hungry, so I can eat like a burrito pretty easily, like it's nothing. Uh, and yeah, like a little bit, like a definitely feel better. Yeah, do you feel not stronger, but more uh, like better posture and stuff already? Or yeah, I actually okay. do. Now that you mentioned it, uh, but I've only been going for I've been training for I guess a little over a month now, and I've only been going to classes for like a week and a half, two weeks maybe. Um, it's not a super long time, but that's definitely it's going well. I recently started eating fried burritos. Wait, what? Fried burritos. Those are chimichangas, right? Oh, I think they're the little like uh, skinny ones. Or those are enchiladas, I guess. These are pretty big. These are just like a burrito deep fried, but chorizo chimichangas are really good. Since you mentioned uh, burritos, I went to Chipotle a few times in the past week. They're really great for uh, speed, quick, yeah. quick turnaround. Can't do Chipotle anymore. Same. Although I, I did get a coupon for a free burrito bill. And uh, I was like, maybe I should use this. It won't be that bad. I don't like, uh, I have some complaints about Chipotle. I don't think they give you uh, Tabasco. I don't think Tabasco is a good hot sauce to put in a burrito. Mm. Uh, I much rather prefer like Cholula or something. They else. don't give you Cholula? I, was only, I thought they gave you no, Cholula. Ch- and- Qdoba gives you Cholula, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, Qdoba also gives you free guac. Oh, that's cool. That's because no one goes to Qdoba. <laughs> Qdoba is pretty good. Don't. I had a bad experience there once and I just can't go back. Mm. The the taco bowl was not that great. Panchero's is the best though. I'm going to put a link to Panchero's uh, search. If you live in Jersey, there's a bunch of Panchero's in Jersey. Um... I have not find, found any near, near my new house yet. Maybe we should open a Panchero's. With donuts. <laughs> With donuts. Guacamole donut. Uh, what else is going on? Mm, you're going to a conference soon. I am? Oh, uh, yeah. End of the month, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, E-X, M- Empex. E-M-P-E-X. Empire Elixir. Have you looked at the speaker list or the, uh, the talks? I have not. Uh one day right saturday i think yes there's an after party too are you gonna go to the party or just gonna come back home i'll probably come back home so i was i was thinking about going to this uh-huh. uh but elixir is in august uh-huh. 
Uh, I might go to that instead. I don't know. I thought you were going to MoonConf. No, I'm not going to MoonConf. Oh, okay. Uh, but Len is. Len's speaking there. Len, Len is speaking there. Um, yeah. I just saw that there's a, um, a South Jersey robotics meetup. What? And I was like, wow, Justin moved at the wrong time. I was looking into robotic stuff the past week just because I was curious about getting back into that. They meet somewhere in uh, South Jersey. Hmm. Have you thought about like finding a high school that needs like a mentor for their robotics programs? I'm not. Well, I guess I could. I've been so, like always thinking about like you know doing something like that. I know Tech Girls has like the what's it called curriculum in a box where you can um, do things at like local local places um i don't know i think in general i'm just like i'm nervous about like approaching a school and saying like hey i want to come teach here (laughs) well it's not teaching i was more thinking not teaching but you know what i mean they have uh so they have like the the first robotics uh program which is uh, i think like a nationwide like you build some type of robot or some type of machine that can do stuff uh what and it's a simulation so when i did it it was like uh, moving uh, these balls around that simulated, like, I think, blood work. Oh, um, I think it was Mars. And so you usually have... What's that? I thought you were going to say something like, uh, like uh, a Mars rover. I mean, they you, they probably do that, too. So every year it's different. And then you would just join as a mentor, you know, so, like, you get tools for free, you get the parts, and you just have to help come up with an idea and help build it so like one day a week or something you meet and you do some welding or some and that's when i was doing it in high school there would be some programming so you'd have to program like when you push a joystick like how fast to move or how uh, uh um you know they had like light sensors and stuff so what to do when you see this color so you won't be t- it's not a lot of responsibility it's a good way to to uh to get in and you're not going to build a lawnmower either, but <laughs> so yeah, I would love to just get like a, probably like at this point, even just like a really small, like robot platform just to kind of like wander around the office that I can kind of program to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if that goes well, put that code on something larger. What would you want your robot to do? Like, just... well, ideally they the won't lawn, be the but... first. But that won't be the first version, no. Uh, first version. Besides moving around the room, like, what do you think you could... Well, you... the thing I want to do with, like, the, the hardest part, I think, about the lawnmower thing is, um, like, detecting when you're at the edge of, like, a lawn. Um, mm-hmm. So I had the idea of, like, putting color sensors around the front of it and then using that to detect, like, are we approaching, like, asphalt or... I guess the other thing is bumping into things. You could also put a camera on it and play like computer vision stuff. So, so you could just like make a uh, like a Roomba, right? Mm-hmm. I guess it'd be the simplest wandering robot. It's just like drive in a straight line until you hit something, and then spin around randomly and try to drive again. Um, and then you just need one sensor for bumping into things, right? Um, but it would be it would be more interesting to have either like color or light sensors or uh, or a camera that can actually detect objects that are in the way and avoid them. Um, but that seems. I would just want to start and get just like, assuming that I do this in Elixir, just have something that can, you know, go forward and and, and respond to, you know, commands from somewhere. Mm-hmm. That would be a good first step. I, uh, 
I saw this person driving a John Deere uh, lawnmower. Or tract- are they called tractors or lawnmowers? I guess, I guess they're tractors, uh, unless you're yeah. like, I guess if you're sitting on one of the, uh, the zero-turn ones with the handles, those might be, um, I don't know if those are technically a, a tractor. Mm. But uh, he was mowing uphill, and it just seemed really scary. So, so there was a road, and then there's a hill, which is his lawn. And he's like backing up into the road and then flooring it up the hill. <laughs> so, was it a steep hill? Yeah, it was pretty steep. Yeah. So I guess he's probably done it so many times that uh, it doesn't really matter. Well, he's he's used to it. And he's, he's brave to that scenario. I don't mind mowing the lawn these days. It's just um, sometimes... Like inhaling the uh, the pollen or grass clippings or whatever it is, but like I get really, I guess it's allergies. I don't feel comfortable for like the next half of a day. Mm. I get all coffee and uncomfortable. Yeah, I went home the other day. They just had cut the grass. I was like, I miss fresh cut grass. You can come cut my grass anytime. Uh, I miss <laughs> cutting the grass. I miss smelling the grass. Oh, what are you working I, on? The other thing I did over the weekend that I was really excited about was I ran uh, Ethernet cabling throughout the house. Oh, so nice. now, so now I have an access point right next to my laptop. Um, a lot of uh, our other computer is uh, wired now. The uh, PlayStation, Apple TV are wired. Um, so now I, I, it was really getting frustrating for a while because I was on video calls for work and I would cut out for other people and it would just you know part of being remote is having like really solid, you know, video communication or, or at least audio communication with your team. Um, so I was pretty excited to fix that finally. And yeah, and also for podcasting now, I hope to cut out less when I'm talking to you. Mm. But you, you didn't just run the wires, right? You, you put in like a switch or something and some other... Yeah, like... I, I bought a uh, an enclosure that goes in between two, uh, two studs in your wall. Mm-hmm. So I installed that in the basement... There was a bunch of phone wires in the basement that I didn't need anymore, so I just uh, cut them from their old location and pulled new new Ethernet wiring, Cat six. Uh, and then I had like a distribution panel and then a, a switch, and yeah, it's all it's all very nice. I don't want to do it for a while; I just never got around to it. So how do you get uh? All right, so say you're in your living room. Uh huh. Say you're by the TV and you need to get. How do you get the wire through the wall? What is the process for that? You try really hard not to cut a hole, and then eventually you have to cut a hole. Um, yeah, I used to think that like electricians and plumbers just had like some magic way of getting things through the wall, but no, they just they just cut holes in the wall. See, you just cut every so often or something and snake it through, or yeah, like like so for one portion, I had to go uh, around a corner and like through two studs, and it was I was even like running an existing wire, but it was kind of stuck on things, so I had to cut three holes in that corner of the room just to figure out what was going on. Um, but I learned a trick with like how to cut it at an angle and fold it so that when you spackle it back down, it comes back down really clean and easy to paint over. Mm-hmm. So I do that sounds a few like, times. Sounds like programming and go. <laughs> just spackle <laughs> over things? Just, you know, cut a hole, put a print statement. What's this? <laughs> I've been really enjoying uh, Go for a lot of things. Um I would never want to build like a 
really complex. Yeah, it has strengths. Like if you're building a command line application, it's like a really good language for that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're building a website, I might suggest using something else. But if you're building a very small API, Go is a pretty good choice. So how long did that, that whole process take you? Two weekends. <laughs> Two weekends. Uh, a lot of it was um, like it wasn't like I worked like eight hours a day for four days, but it was more like just doing like here and there some things. Probably could have done it in two days if I just did nothing but that. Got new tools. I got I got a fiberglass wire running rod kit. It's pretty fun. Uh, got a network tester, which came in handy because one of the things was broken. Nice. Um, yeah, I like tools. Do you have any extra cabling left? I do. Ton, tons. Okay. Why do you want to run some through your apartment? I so I have one through in my apartment, um, but I'm always scared that like. My cords are gonna break. Uh, well, so uh, the setup I have is uh, so in my like AC closet, there's a, a cable in from the ISP, and then you you connect to that, and then uh, there's a, another a coax that runs to uh, to like my living room, but there's also uh, Ethernet, so you can leave the modem in there and plug it into the the Ethernet port in the closet, oh, cool. and the, the living room will have uh, Ethernet also. But I have a special modem in my house uh, that doesn't have um, that I can't use a Wi-Fi router with. Wait, so what? I have a gi- I have a giant modem in my living room that I have a long Ethernet cord running from the like one side to the other side to the couch. Why can't you use a Wireless router with it. Um, you can. You just won't get the maximum uh, throughput. I don't want to say throughput. I asked what I was thinking about. Yeah, you won't get the maximum speed uh, to really see how the modem is performing. Oh, that's weird. Uh, yeah. Huh. So, but it's worth it. My PlayStation is plugged into it. It's fast enough. Uh-huh. Oh, also with the new wiring, I, I was able to try. Uh... PS4 remote play for my Mac and it works really well. Oh, nice. I have a, a buddy that plays Fallout like that. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. you just download this free app, you plug a, the USB cord of a PlayStation controller into your computer, and then you can like control your PlayStation within your house. Um, I'm not sure if you can do it over the internet, too. It tries to look for it over the internet, but I haven't actually tried it from the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, like if you set all the settings on high and you have a really good connection, like there's very low latency. It's pretty good. I think I lost love for Division. What level are you? I was an 8. Oh. Or I am an 8. It's just, it's just so... It's a fun game with friends, and it's frustrating that they don't uh, give you an easy way to play with your friends if, if you're different levels. The thing... Uh, so I like... I can't sit for like half an hour and play a game unless I'm playing with you know someone I know and I'm talking to them. Yeah, of course. Um, and I just want to get in like play 15 minutes and leave. Or I'll come back later, and the, the the missions are just really long for that one. Um, but I tried playing it last night, and I like enjoyed the gameplay. But then I was like, all right, I gotta go now. But I haven't really accomplished anything. Um, so I think over the weekend uh, I'll play some. I'm surprised that we haven't played yet. Hey, the division's a a. Um... Time-consuming game, I guess. Yeah, I I can't play it for like less than like an hour and a half. Um, it just takes a while to do anything in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, it's just frustrating because I'm I think I'm a level twenty two or twenty three right now, and you're an eight. So if we played together, either I would play with my twenty three, and then everything would be way too hard for you and be too easy for me, or I would have to start a new character and level it up to level eight before we could play together. Mm-hmm. And then I have to and then I have to play the game all over again while playing with you. Um, so I wish that they, they would just take um, two characters and. If I'm like a 23 and you're an 8, maybe make me like, maybe make me an 8, make me a 10. Doesn't really matter. But something something within range that's not like a ridiculous uh, mm-hmm. thing. Um, a lot of my coworkers play, they're like level 30 now. Uh, and once you get 30, that, there's a level cap. So it seems easier to just beat the game and then uh, play with friends that way. Because then you're all the same level. Yeah. But that's like two days. <laughs> I should just have a back door. A what? A back door. What does that mean? A way to a way to get to level thirty. No. Change it in a database. Are you advocating hacking of video games? <laughs> just this one. Just this one. It's too hard. It's not hard, it's just long. I also played Overwatch oh. over the weekend, that was a ton of fun. I I did the training for that and uh I only got to play once. Mm. I I stayed home so I could play some more, but then I I only got to play once. It was a fun game. I liked it. I think I like. So I really like the division. Another division. Um, what's the other one? Destiny. Mm-hmm. And I really like this one. I think those are ty- like that type of artwork and sort of game I really like. Like the kind of big monster with the gun that shoots out. <laughs> it's like not a real gun. Yeah. Fantasy. It's, fantasy like space alien it's funny because the division and destiny are actually like really close in terms of gameplay and overwatch Mm -hmm. not really like either of them but the uh destiny has like it's an alien in this like weird or you're in this weird suit and it's not a like a human the guns are like fusion guns and there are these things that you could get to to make you stronger like a cut like and it's not like armor, or it's not like a bulletproof vest or like gloves. It's like, I don't know, some futuristic thing in Destiny. Yeah, Overwatch is my imagination. Overwatch is really fun for the reason that you mentioned earlier of like, just like wanting to get in and play a game and get out. Um, mm-hmm. Like all the games are about 10 minutes tops. Um, and it's really cool how like they took a lot of concepts from uh, MOBAs, um, like uh, League of Legends or. Uh, I forget what the other ones are called. Dota, um, where it's like a five-on-five thing where you you pick a hero and then you you know attack and defend. And um, this is kind of similar to like that. It's it's taking those that hero idea of like these different um, classes and abilities and characters and um, letting you like. It's cool that you can like pick any hero anytime you want when you're playing too, because um, like almost every game will be going well and then the enemy will do something different and I'll have to switch switch heroes to kind of counteract that. Um, but yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun playing the beta. Beta's over now. The game comes out in like three weeks. Um, that was super fun. Uncharted comes out soon, right? That's out. May, uh, May 10th. That came out yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. yeah. Probably buy that. It's one of my favorite series. Oh yeah, I've heard their fourth one's really good. Yeah. Drive around... Kill AK-47, you know, kill some zombie-type skeleton things. I haven't played it. Is there zombies in it? 
It's not zombies, but it's like there's one. I think it was in two that you're in this like uh, island and this in this like buried in this like underground and uh, I guess some type of like chemical hit these people or whatever the things are and they're just like weird monsters. Um, but like with zombie tendencies, I guess. So, no, it's a good game. I like I like it. You can play for 10 minutes, you know, and then leave. I have to switch gears here, but uh, what uh, what does your team use for tracking tasks? Do you use Jira? We do use Jira. Mm. I just assumed that you were a big enterprise, so you probably used Jira. <laughs> Jira or Rally. Uh, oh, Rally? Well, I, I was joking, or Rally. Some people do use Rally, um, but my team uses Jira. And we're pretty good at it. Um, not good. Uh, we know our way around it. I guess I should say. We started. So not... We started using uh, Asana. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, and it's nice in a lot of ways. Like they do a lot of things different, and it's a it's a nice looking app to use. But I feel like the UX is like really poor. I've only heard of people using Asana like for like not software tasks, but like. Oh, you need to call this person. Did you check? Can you check your tasks in Asana to to do certain things? Oh, interesting. Are you like for personal use? Yeah, personal, not like personal, but work, work, not you know, like managers who share responsibilities. I've explained why they don't support Markdown. (laughs) And the 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 shortcuts are like Tab plus key. Uh, It must be Emacs users. So, like, if you want to, I think if you want to, like, enter, um, because they don't support Markdown, you can't do, like, triple backtick, post paste Okay. Code. Um, so, like, I think like, tab M is, like, uh, fixed width, monospace, I'm sorry, monospace font. Um, yeah, but it's, it's weird because, like, tab does other things in browsers than is used as a shortcut. It just, I don't know. There's, like, a dozen things about it that I feel like are really weird to use every time I use it. And, and the yeah. discoverability of, like, how to do things is really poor because almost everybody has to ask somebody else, like, for how to do certain things. It's like Jira. Is Jira that bad? Uh, I, I mean, you I could... I feel like Jira, like, could, everything's like, in a drop-down, right? Yeah, you can click and, and find This things. is, like, you don't even know something is an option until, you like, you mouse over it and click it. Uh, also, there's no save. Like, every time you uh, change something and focus out of it, it changes, which... Um, I think it can be useful in some circumstances, but uh, when you're like editing like a title or a description of something, it just feels weird because then you are like if you create a new task, it creates an empty task for you, and then you like are editing the title, and then as soon as you switch out of the title, it saves the title. But if you just like uh-huh. opened a browser, entered a new task, and put in a title, and then like got it and walked away, everybody else I think would just see like a uh, new task with a blank title until you focused out of it. Interesting. Or it might not be created at all. I'm not sure. Like it's just it's just weird to like have the user click out of something for some state to be saved. They try to be a little fancy or like a little. Uh... Maybe yeah, and they use React too, so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a little janky. The sites are really colorful. Yeah. Interesting. Also, I really like uh, there's like a hidden option that's like uh, enable celebrations. So sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, 
when I click a task is done, uh, unicorns fly across the screen. Oh, uh, nice. It's pretty cool. How, how big is your team? Uh, my team is... Well, well or developers. Uh, I don't know, 25-ish? 20, maybe? My team's like 6, 5, 5 or 6, 7-ish. And that's split so between like front end and, you know, okay. Rails. The cool thing about Asana is that you can have a task that appears in multiple projects. So if like uh, we have like, uh, if you have like a front end project and a back end project, and you have uh, something that spans both of them, you can assign it to both projects and see, see it in both project lists. Nice. So that, that's pretty cool. We do, we do that a lot where it's like, I think that's probably the best, the best feature of it is like, you can like arbitrarily make a new project for something like if you have a uh, like a milestone in GitHub and you want to like, assign mm -hmm. a bunch of issues to it. Um, same thing, you can make like a milestone that's like you know ship feature ABC, and then you can just like every task across every other project that you want to be associated with that, you can just add it to this project too, and it's kind of a nice way to organize things. I'm not so hmm. I'm not like saying you should use Jira. I'm not saying supporting that, uh, <laughs> but. Uh... Jira has advanced searching, which is pretty cool to get around their terrible UI. It's it's almost like writing a Splunk query or one of those other. Sounds like a, super easy. Yeah. Well, so like you can say project equals this and assignee equals current user or some user. Um, I haven't felt the need to. They have, they have search in Asana, which is pretty well. It kind of works like GitHub search, but better. Um, but I haven't felt the need to do like customized filtering or searches. Mm -hmm. They they pretty much have like everything. Do you have like your own personal list that you can do? You can like mark things for today or upcoming, and then you can look at like only what you have marked for today. You can put due dates on things, and and then it gets like put in a calendar. Um, are there are there points built in? Uh, I do not think so. I don't believe there are. Yeah, because you, you can't really like even if there were points, like I don't know where you would actually roll them up to. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no like, there's no like from a team level to say like, there's how many points we got done. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I don't see a points thing. I guess you could tag it with like a lot of points, not a lot of points. <laughs> you could tag it with easy peasy. They have an impressive client list though. Simple human. They make great. Great trash cans. Tools, yeah, great trash cans. <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch. They make good rip cargo pants. Shorts. It, Tesla. It, Tesla uses them. Nice. Is that a primary fish? The one where like you can't see in the store unless you go in it. it? Has like the blinds, the wooden blinds outside. Or is that yeah. Hollister? I don't know. It's both. I haven't been to a but, mall for like. But Abercrombie is the one that smells like cologne. <laughs> they just walk around every hour and spray cologne. Yeah, and the double collars. Uh, I ran into somebody from the Philly Tech community in the street in Westchester the other day, and. Uh, I was wearing my Prana pants, the shorts that mm -hmm. me, me and you have. And he was like, oh, I have the same pants. Nice. <laughs> same shorts. I was like, yeah, Jervon has them too. They're really good shorts. They're great. I'm wearing right now. Uh, the one thing I didn't notice, though, they kind of get a little, uh, you know, those when you, on your clothes, you get the, they're like rolled up. Uh, lint balls? Lint balls, maybe. I noticed a couple of mine have those. I'm not sure. Maybe those are my most worn and washed ones. Um, but yeah, you can get them on Amazon or uh, REI. Yeah, you can I, get I them. I got mine on REI in person. Yeah. I 
I buy everything on Amazon, um, but I have a problem like buying like clothes on Amazon. We gotta get the right fit, right? Yeah, I'll usually uh, buy like one, like a lot of my clothes. I just buy like I buy it in every color once I'm happy with it. So if I buy something on Amazon, I usually buy like one of them, and then if I remember and it works out, then I'll buy the rest. Um, but in person, I'll just try one on and I get in every color they have. See, and now I buy my clothes from REI. <laughs> uh, you're an uh, outdoorsy person. L.L. Bean. Uh, Isn't that all like mail order? L.L. Bean? Yeah. No, they have stores. Do they? Yeah. Like that one in uh, Marlton and, and the other, uh, King of Prussia. They just have, I think, cl- like quality clothing that lasts um, a, a long time. And they have guarantees on, on certain, certain items, like shoes and... I think most of their clothing, like if it rips really fast or like in some amount of time, you can get another one. And nothing that I've had has done that, but it feels safe to buy something there. I don't know. Stylish enough. So if, if you and I just had a podcast by ourselves, we would talk about video games and clothes. Yeah. Pretty much. And con- one one conference. For like five minutes. <laughs> and food. Yeah, somehow programming just walks oh, out the door. I don't know. Boring. <laughs> uh, I've been working on this week, uh, working on Ember CLI deployments with Rails, which have been uh, interesting. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's kind of kind of nice. Uh, we're, we're like moving a lot of JavaScript out of the asset pipeline. Um and there's like a lot of layers now. <laughs> uh, it's like break uh, assets precompile calls, you know, Ember compile, which calls npm, you know, install, and then Ember CLI build, and that actually uses like brunch underneath all that. Um, it's a little convoluted. I wish it was simpler. I mean, it's like a future thing that I would look into, but. Um, it's kind of nice having the JavaScript on a JavaScript platform for compiling. So what do you use to do all that? Like a make file on your CI? Or? Uh, no, we, we use actually um, uh, Packer. Okay. We just have scripts that are in line in there to like compile the app, Atlas. Um, and that happens on, on Atlas. Atlas compiles Atlas. And then, uh, so there's a... I think it's actually uh, made by somebody in Philly, uh, Sean, Sean P. Doyle from ThoughtBot. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he still lives in Philly or not. Um, Mr. Doyle. Uh, he works on a project, Ember CLI Rails, which wraps all these things in a nice uh, interface. So you just like add all of your Ember apps in a Rails config, and then you just call assets precompile, and everything works as expected. And it gives you a, a helper to include your JavaScript in, in a Rails view. You like include Ember asset or something, and then it finds the right uh, hashed file name. Interesting. So, when you so you you package up the stuff with Packer, and then do you just like deploy it to a staging and then check it out, or um, that's all changing. What's the... I'm not sure how much I should go into detail, but uh, okay. Ideally, yeah, you would deploy to staging and then uh, roll to production in a safe manner. Cool. Uh, but yeah, that's all in Nomad now. We don't. So so it's like a essentially a Docker container that just like starts the app, and Docker is like one of the uh, or sorry, 
Rails is like the one thing we use Docker for instead of just starting a um, ch-rooted um, binary, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like people that use Docker for like running a binary, you don't actually need to use Docker, like get that much of an isolation layer. You can just, uh, Nomad and some other things, I think support, um, just starting it in a, in a jail where it has the same permissions as like a Docker container would have, where it can't, where it has its own file system and it won't like, uh, write to anything that it's not supposed to. Um, and it can be a lot faster. Um, but Rails is so, uh, requires Ruby, a specific Ruby version. Like, um, if you're not deploying a statically compiled binary with Go, uh, then Docker makes it a lot easier to give your dynamic thing the the underlying infrastructure it needs to run. Are you all on the latest Rails? No, uh, but you know, doing doing this stuff will allow us to get there easier. Okay. Before, when we were deploying to like uh, EC2, mm-hmm. we would build Ruby for the EC2 instance and then deploying was not replacing the entire instance. It was replacing like the version of the app. Um, so it was essentially impossible to upgrade Ruby um, because if you change from Ruby 2.1 to 2.2 2 in your in your app's like configuration, then it, your app wouldn't work on your currently deployed servers. And then if you bumped your server version, then your old app would not work on the new servers. But by putting... Ruby in the artifact in the Docker container, uh, then it's completely self-contained. You can deploy it as you need to. Okay. Should we do picks? Sure. You go first. You can go first. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> um, let's see. Ta-da. I gotta open up Shazam. I was saying I'm gonna do this before. I have a music uh, for you. All right, go ahead. Uh, Fantagram. Oh, I love Fantagram. It's pretty good. They released a uh, EP 2011 called Nightlife, and there's a song called Don't Move on it. Um, it's pretty good. I, I, I had it stuck in my head like last week, and I didn't know where I had it stuck in my head from. And it turns mm-hmm. out, because I have the other two albums, uh, Voices and Eyelid Movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I own both of those, and I have them on my phone. I listen to them a lot. Um, but I had this other fanogram song that I didn't actually know was a fanogram song that I had in my head, and it took me a while of like trying to remember the lyrics and searching to figure out what it was. But I had heard it because whenever I say Alexa play music or Alexa play fanogram on my Amazon Echo, this song would pop up a lot. But it's a pretty good song. Cool. Yeah, I was like hear songs during the week that are more balanced. I think that everyone would like versus that some people might like. Um, and then I, I almost forget to write them down. But I, I have one. Uh, if you like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, they just released a song called Dark Necessities. It's pretty good. Uh, their new album should be uh, also amazing because they, I think they're using uh, Danger Mouse as a producer now. And Danger Mouse usually makes some good good music. Um, did, my, did we pick Terraform as a pick yet? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I should get up that. Anyways, I'll pick Terraform, but I'll pick, I'll say the reason why I'm picking it. Uh, so we've been playing with it, and you know, I've, I've deployed some stuff with Terraform. And last week, uh, I was preparing with someone, and they're like, "All right, we need like many of these things." And I was like, "Well, I know like in other things you might write like a for loop or some type of like iterator, 
And uh, Terraform has a count variable. And you could say, like, count four or count six. And then you just interpolate. Uh, like, if you're if the thing has a name, you just interpolate the count variable uh, concatenated with the uh, with the name that you want. So, like, you know, Atlas one, Atlas two, Atlas three. I thought that was just like sugar. Like that makes a tool fun to use. I also I, like that it seems uh, you kind of expose some of the Go language, not some, like a little a tiny bit of the Go language to the Terraform stuff. So like format, like string formatting, or there's like these these functions that you can do in in uh, in Terraform. Yeah, Terraform. So I don't know how much of that is actually like from Go though. I think it's all like it might be doing. Some- I don't like. I don't think it's doing like eval, but it might be doing some kind of string stuff that's built into Go. Yeah, I don't want to. I guess I shouldn't say like exposing Go, but it's like gives you a little more power. It gives you a little more power to to do things. Like the developers of this tool realize that there are these use cases that you will run across instead of just like it's just not not a string. It's more of a you know you you have a little more power. I think power is the right way to to talk about it. Well, in addition to the uh, song I mentioned, I will also pick. Uh, I was interested in. Um, I was listening to another machine learning podcast or AI podcast, and I wanted to figure out what K means clustering is. Uh, and then I searched for that in the podcast app on iOS, and I came up with this um, podcast called Data Skeptic. And they gave a. It's only 14 minutes long. They gave a pretty good description uh, in like lay terms of what K means clustering is and um, some of the. Reasons you would use it, some of the pitfalls, and some of the things you need to do when you're when you're developing with it. Um, so I'll, I'll try the link in there and you can check it out if you're interested. Um, but that was a term that I had I heard pop a few times in relation to machine learning. I didn't know what it meant. So K means clustering is a method of vector quantization, originally for from signal processing, that is popular for cluster analysis and data mining. So, like my understanding of it is like. Let's say you have a uh, two-dimensional plot, like just a piece of paper, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a bunch of dots on that on that on that uh, piece of paper, like a, like a, some data points mm-hmm. on x and y axis. Uh, K means clustering. K is you give it a number uh, for how many clusters you want. So if you pick three, K means clustering will then split that sheet up into three distinct areas of, of like grouping things together. So, um, and then one of the things they mentioned in the podcast is like uh, picking K is very important because if you pick too small of a number, you will have things that are in the same cluster that are not related. Or if you pick too high of a number, then you will have things that should be related um, and they're not. And I and I think this works across multiple dimensions, not just two dimensions. But um, in two dimensions, it's really easy to say like if you give it a new data point, you can very easily pick which cluster it belongs to by just finding the closest. Um, centroid which is the middle of the cluster cool is that other podcast back yet uh the one that's really well produced cs book club no no (laughs) although i did forget about that uh talking machines yeah talking machines uh i think it's where i actually heard about king's clustering so yeah I i think it is if I link to that in the show notes too. Although I've been I've been thinking about getting CS Book Club back together to do uh, like an introduction introduction to machine learning or statistics or something. 
it seems like the next like computer science kind of thing I would want to learn. Yeah. I think you should do it. Maybe. Cool. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. You've been listening to the Jervon and Justin show. <laughs> Check us out on JervonJustin.cool. No, I don't know what episode this is because I'm probably going to release it before Len releases the next one. <laughs> the last one. <laughs> but go to Turing.cool. Uh, we're at TuringCool on Twitter. Uh, Jervon, what's your Twitter handle? It's Jervon. It's just J-E-A-R-V-O-N. And mine is Justin Campbell. I guess we should we mention why they're not here? No. Okay. Well, I guess we could just say like Pam's traveling and Len's sick. Cool. Cool. We'll right, see y'all later. Yeah. Bye. Have a good day. See you.